I need to quit this job. And who hasn't said that at least once in their career? Hello, I'm Dr. Carol Isom Barnes, Leadership and Change Consultant and owner of Experience Leadership and host of the Career Couch with Dr. Carol and Friends, where our goal is to support you and your career in reaching your full potential. Thank you for joining me and my guest and new friend, Adanola Adeshola, a millennial career strategist and owner of Employee Redefined. So even if you are not a millennial, this series will offer some insight on when to quit and how to quit your job. Thank you, Adanola, for joining us today. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. And I'm excited to have you here to talk on the discussion topic of getting unstuck when you dream of quitting every day. So once I found my true passion and was walking in my purpose, I never used the word quit again. That word just never even entered into my mind. But how are you doing today? I am doing well, excited to hopefully give some practical advice for those who are feeling stuck because I know that I have been there and I know that it is not a fun situation, but hopefully today we can get some clarity. <laughs> all right. All right. That's wonderful. So Adanoli, you and, you and I crossed paths when I first became aware of one of your articles in Forbes.com, and I believe it was the article three things you should not say to your black colleagues right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and that article just resonated with me. And we have since had some conversation about so many different things. We've had dialogue about work, relationships, families, generation gaps, and so on. And as a baby boomer, I'm learning so much from you as a <laughs> millennial. Yes, and I'm learning so much from you as well. <laughs> All right, wonderful, wonderful. And I'm I am truly impressed with your, you know, with your background because as a young person, you are out there doing something that so many people really want to do, but they're afraid to take the step, that first step even to step out there, start your own company and find your own company, and then also to be a, you know, a writer and a contributor with Forbes. I think that's extremely impressive. But you've also self-proclaimed as a job quitter. And so tell us a little bit about how you went from being a job quitter to a successful entrepreneur. Yeah, so I kind of laugh when I say things like, you know, job quitter. And what I really meant was that I learned really, like, when I started my career, it wasn't really, and it was a few years ago, um, not as not in a 20-year span, but, you know, when I did start my career, it, it wasn't really popular to be a job hopper. You know, it wasn't popular to leave your job. It was something that my generation was starting to do, but it wasn't something that was welcomed. And so, for me, when I was in a job that was, quote-unquote, my dream job, I realized very early on that I wasn't going to be happy there as long as I thought I was. When I got that job, I thought that I was going to be able to climb the ranks. I remember having um, 
being on an all-staff call with this woman. She had been at the company for, I want to say, about 35 years. And she sounded like she loved her job. And I was like, man, I cannot wait to be like her. Like, you know, I'm going to be able to move around so much. It was a global um, PR firm. So I saw so much endless opportunities there. And I quickly learned after some time that that just wasn't going to be the path that I thought I was going to be able to go on. And so when I say the term job quitter, it was the fact that I decided that I was going to leave this quote unquote dream job that everyone thought was amazing for something better. And so that's why I use that term. And, you know, it was really what allowed me to be able to do what I do today, you know, deciding that I wasn't going to settle. I wasn't going to try and wait for things to get better, but I was going to actually take the step that I needed to take to have a more fulfilling career. And it turned into me being the successful entrepreneur I am today because I literally am able to help people navigate those same problems that I encountered when I was in a situation where I was no longer happy in my career. So what was it that turned you from a person who said, wow, look at this woman who has been in her job for 35 years and she's happy and I can't wait to be that person to the person who says, I'm unfulfilled in this job. It's crazy, right? Because you hear that and you're like, wow, like when I was working at a global PR firm, I worked in the global chairman's office. I was seeing so many other people advance and move forward. But what changed it for me was the fact that I kept hitting walls when it came time for my opportunity to advance. So I was, I found myself, I had transitioned, had made some lateral moves in the company and transitioned into a environment that was no longer conducive for my growth. It was a toxic work environment. I didn't have a supportive boss. Um, I was constantly being passed over for promotions that I was doing the work for already. And I felt like I wasn't really valued. I felt like I wasn't really in a place that I could grow to the full potential that I knew was within me. And so while I saw all these other people advancing and growing, looking around and seeing that I wasn't having that same success as far as, you know, promotions and, you know, the things that I thought I saw other people doing, I, I realized like this isn't where I want to continue to be. You know, and I was also the only black person there, you know, the only black woman there. And so for me, I think at that time, I didn't really correlate the two because I was constantly being told, you know, about how great I am and the compliments. And, you know, um, I was like the go to person for my um, lead, the um, my mat, my uh, senior leadership at the company and the office. And so I was this person in the, in, in the room that seemed like, you know, she was bringing so much value. But when it came to the type of growth that I wanted and that I saw the other people who started with me were getting it just wasn't matching up. And so I realized that I don't need to, I can no longer be here if, I, if I'm going to be stifled. And so it quickly went from thinking that I can grow and move around and have the advancements that I saw this other woman having and people who started with me having um, to realizing that that's just not going to be my story here. And so do you think it was just not your story at that particular organization or do you, did you come to a conclusion that that's just not going to be your story? So actually, when I had that epiphany, I ended up landing a new job. So I, instead of me, what the, what the problem was, was that 
I, it took me a long time, and I see this in a lot of other people and a lot of clients I work with, that it takes a long time to, one, decide that you're going to leave, that you're going to make a change. And so that's kind of where the job quitter thought came from, because it's like it takes a lot to say, like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to find something else. There's something better out there for me. So for me, once I realized, like, this isn't going to be going to work, I actually was passed over for a promotion for a second time or told to wait another couple of months. And so after that happened, I was like, you know what? I know how to land a new job. I've done it before. I'm going to get a new job. And so that's what I did. I was very serious. I, was, I went from being passive about landing a new position to being very committed to landing a new job. And I landed a new job within seven weeks of deciding that I was going to be serious about the career change. So I was able to land a new opportunity that allowed me to have the leadership, the responsibilities, the flexibility, and the pay that I had been looking for at that previous company. And I was able to grow. And I stayed there for a little over two years years after that. So I think that for me, it was like realizing that I don't have to settle here. You know, even if it was my original dream job, I can create another dream job or go after another a dream job that will work for me and who I am today. I like that attitude. And so how did you use your background in those experiences with those organizations to prepare you for starting your company, Employee Redefined? I think anyone who starts a company can, well, I mean, some people may say they were prepared, but I, I didn't know in the, at the time that I was preparing for something, right? Like, it kind of just unveiled naturally. Other people saw me. So I had empl- uh, empl- uh, co-workers. I had friends who had really great com- jobs at really great companies, but who felt the same way I did. And they were coming to me saying, like, how did you do it? Like, I know I can learn a new job. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like, can you look at this? Can you can you tell me what subject line I should put in this email? Like, all these kind of, like, random, really specific questions about how did I do it and how can they do it, too? And so I started helping them and helping them make those changes, and they started working. It started happening for them as well. And so it kind of organically became became what it has been today of helping people make that transition in a really systematic and, you know, intentional way. So for our listeners out there who are wondering, you know, what is it exactly that you do with Employee Redefined? Can you share how you work with employees in your company? Yes. So I help flourishing and unfulfilled corporate professionals secure new positions they love and new companies they love. So it's all about learning how to land a new position from A to Z, from clarity all the way to getting the job and negotiating the offer. And so I teach my clients how to do that in a very systematic step-by-step roadmap so that you're really knowing exactly what to do at every step of the process from application to interview to networking and all the different parts of the job search process that most people don't really know how to tackle or if they're doing it right or the wrong way. So that is how I do it. And I have a signature coaching program where I work with my clients in that way to help them land that new position. And I know you work specifically with high achievers. So what is your definition of a high achiever? Yeah. So for me, I believe that a high achiever, someone who like a lot of times the clients that I work with are people who have already had a certain level of success in their careers and they know that, you know, that they, there's more out there, but they feel like they've reached a ceiling. Like they feel like they just hit a wall. Like things were probably coming easy for them. Maybe they got their last few jobs because they found someone and they 
put a good word for them and they got the job. Or maybe someone reached out to them on LinkedIn and they got the job. And then in the job, they work really hard. They have results to prove it. They, you know, have great performance reviews. But when it comes to making that next change, they just feel at a loss of how to make it happen. Like they know they want it. They have this like deep nagging thought, like I can do more than this, but they just don't know how to, you know, connect the dots and cross the bridge to where they want to be next. Okay. And so they find you and they say, Adunola, I'm a high achiever. I want to <laughs> leave my, I want to leave my job. What's the first thing you do with that particular client? Yeah. So for the ones who are interested in having my support, the first step is applying for a dream job breakthrough session. And so in the dream job breakthrough session, once you apply, if it sounds like a good fit, we'll jump on the phone. And this conversation is an opportunity for me to learn more about your struggles when it comes to landing a new job. What are your job search challenges? I learned a little bit more about what your career goals are, what your career has looked like thus far. And then if it sounds like I can really help, but if it sounds like the, the strategies that I use will be beneficial for you, then I invite you into my coaching program. And the first step that we work on is, you know, getting clear on what it is that you want to do next so that you can be even more strategic in your approach for landing that opportunity. You know, it's funny that you talked about uh, one of the first steps being what do you want to do next? Because in the past couple of months, I've had conversations with people who want job change. They want a career change and they don't know what it is that they want. And, you know, my response to that has been, it's going to be very difficult to find an optimal opportunity if you do not know what you want. Exactly. I feel like you can't have what you want if you don't know what that is. You can't find it. You won't be able to spot it if you're not really clear what to be looking for. So I completely agree. And do you find that most people have a good idea of what they want or do you you have to help them figure that out? I would say it depends. There are there are people who are like, this is what I want and I just don't know how to make it happen. You know, and that is that is where we can really get you all the strategies, all the support to make that the case so that you can move forward and land that opportunity. And then you do have some people who are like, I just know I don't want this anymore. And so for me, I think that it's really important to take some time to think about what it is that you do want, because it's so easy to say what you don't want. But a lot of times it's a lot harder for us to even, one, recognize what we want and accept that we deserve what we want as well. And so one of the things that I recommend for my the people that I've talked to and my clients is like taking the time to really sit with yourself and say, what is it that you really want? And how can you become more aware of what's out there for you so that you can know what's possible for you as well? I know you work primarily with millennials. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> okay. But you also work with, you know, baby boomers like myself as well. Absolutely. And I know right now there, you know, there are five generations in the workplace. Mm-hmm. There have never been five generations in the workplace previously. Mm-hmm. Um, millennials are poised to make up 75% of the workplace by 2025. Mm-hmm. And so what we do know about these five different generations, that each generation comes to the table with different expectations. And there's really a great deal of differences between generations. The important thing that we know is that, you know, these organizations have to really find a way to meet the needs of each generation and make sure that the workforce is productive. Mm -hmm. From your perspective, 
what do you feel are the differences between working with a millennial and working with a baby boomer? I might be biased, but I would you might be just a little bit. <laughs> but I would honestly say the baby boomers and Gen X and the different other generations that I do work with, what I find is that they all want the same things. They want to feel respected at work. They want to feel the growth that they know is possible for them. And they want to be able to enjoy their jobs. And the, the difference that I would say I find from even the older generations, especially baby boomers, is the reality that they wish they would have spoke up or searched for those things sooner. And so it's not for me what I've discovered is not that they don't want those things or that they look down, at least the, the baby boomers that I work with mm-hmm. um, and older generations, not that they look down or kind of shun the younger generations from wanting those things. It's more so like realizing like that I do want those things. And now I'm realizing that I can have those things because a lot of times it was just the fact that most older generations didn't know that they could even ask for those things. You know, the work environment and the way that the corporate structure is today has changed so much from the past. And so that's the difference that I would say. I I would say that they want the same things as far as having a job they love, being able to have that balance between work and life that they didn't know they could have asked for before. Um, And it's just realizing that I should have asked earlier or I should have even considered that I could have these things a lot sooner than now. So do you have an example of like one of the things that maybe baby boomers want or should have asked for that they did not receive that millennials asked for and they have received? I would say growth, career growth, you know, and I think what I hear a lot is like, you know, millennials expect to have so much more growth than baby boomers probably expected, right? Like you see the millennial who's like 37 and they're a VP and then you have baby boomers who have been working at the company for 15 years and like, how did they get that? Right. And it's like, I see, I see that happen with baby boomers who are like, I wish I would have advocated for myself more. I feel like millennials, we're very vocal, maybe more vocal than we should be sometimes, and very um, clear about what we want when it comes to realizing that we want that thing. And I think that when I work with somebody, like Frances, I had a, a baby boomer. She was she had been in her her career for over twenty years, and she was looking for like I love she she used to say like I'm looking for the um, my last first day. I'm looking to have my last first day at my next company. And so I like this. she, yeah, and she was like, you know, when I, what I, at her previous company, she was in a place where she wasn't respected. Her manager would like say condescending things to her. She wasn't really um, as valued as she want, as she felt like she could be for the work that she was contributing. And one of the things that she wanted was to have that value, to have that respect, to have that kind of career growth that she knew was possible for her with with that, and that was also in alignment with the experience that she had. And so I would say that's one of the things that I see that, you know, in the paper rooms that I've worked with, wanting to be able to say, like, not just letting things happen to them or let it pass them by, but really learning how to advocate for themselves in a more stronger way so that they get those opportunities and have the success that they know is possible for them at their level. And so as a baby boomer, I agree with a good part of what you have said. And I can say that in my career, having worked for, I've probably worked for about seven Fortune 100 uh, companies in the course of my career before I finally um, retired from working for organizations and having my own company. But in 
those opportunities that I had, just starting from, say, a management trainee all the way up, I found that it wasn't that, you know, I or my friends or the other leaders did not want those opportunities. You pursued those opportunities. You watched other people get them, just kind of like what you said in your career, but you didn't necessarily leave the company. You stayed mm. and you stayed for the stability. You stayed for, you know, the resources. You stayed so that you could support your family. You stayed because job hopping was not looked favorably upon your resume. Um, So there was more of an emphasis on the stability of it. It wasn't so much, I don't want it, or, you know, I don't want to make waves about it. Because sometimes, you know, there's a risk in voice, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Voice your opinion. And I'm a big proponent of voice, but sometimes with voice, you have to be willing to take the the risk. Right. And, And there were occasions where I was willing to take you know, the risk. And there were times, honestly, when it just really wasn't even worth it. Right. Yeah. And so I think there is a bigger stability factor Mm -hmm. when we look at baby boomers. And when you look even at, you know, I'm a big research and data junkie, but when you, you know, look at statistics, we know that baby boomers are staying in their job longer. And a lot of that is for stability. A lot of that is because baby boomers are kind of in the middle between, uh, raising, still raising some of their, their children and their family and also their sandwich between supporting and assisting their elderly parents. So that movement does not happen in the way that it maybe could have happened in the 21st century if we were 25 or right. 20 or 30. And so now as I look at the millennial generations, generation, you know, from my vantage point, it looks like there's an expectation of I come into the job and there's an expectation that I'm going to be promoted in the next year and then promoted to the next level in the next year. And by five years, I should be probably running a good part of this company. And when that expectation is not met, which I, I, there's a part of me that feels like that is an unrealistic expectation. But that being said, kudos to the millennial generation that says, you're not meeting my expectation. I need to go somewhere else that does meet my expectation. So on that end, I say high fives for leaving and going somewhere where your expectations can be met. And if I had to do it all over again, I would spend less time with companies that did not meet my expectations in my vision for my life. So I, you know, I always say kudos, you know, to the younger generation for saying, I'm out of here. This isn't working for me instead of staying for the stability. Yeah. I mean, I think you made a lot of points in the fact that like with baby boomers, you have the need for stability. And I will also add that when it comes to the job search, a lot of baby boomers also fear ageism, you know, fearing that because they're older, that they're going to be looked over in comparison to the younger 
um, a candidate. And which is not true because I've had, I've worked with baby boomers who have still been able to get amazing opportunities that they were looking for. And so I totally agree with both of those statements. And with millennials, I mean, I, hey, I, I don't want to give a generalization about what millennials do because I do have millennials who have also been in their jobs for more than nine years, um, you know, from intern all the way up, you know, at that same right. company. Um, and then I also have those who've probably been at a company for less than two years. And so it does definitely, you know, there's definitely a spectrum of that. And I, I do also think that some people and some people and probably more so leaning on millennials have more expectations that need to be managed, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> at the same time, I think what I have seen in working with so many different millennials in different industries and different ages is that a lot of times it takes a while even for them to decide that it's time for a change, you know, to decide, especially for the ones who are having a, like what I call comfortably unhappy. You know, like you have a decent job, you do decent work, but you just have this like underlying feeling that you're not feeling challenged, that you're not doing enough. And even though you're getting, you know, enough money, you're making good money, you're, you're doing certain things that most people would want to check off their list, that also can be really hard for um, millennials even to say like, it's time for that next step. It's time to take a next change, take a change because a lot of times people battle with, can I do better than this? Even though I'm not really getting the full amount of what I want, I got this. So can I really achieve more than what I have? Because this is quote unquote, the dream for somebody else, you know? And so I would say that many people in different age groups, you know, struggle with that component of things, especially when you're battling between, you know, having that success and then not really knowing what is on the other side, if you were to take the next step. Yeah, and I think you, you made some important um, comments there because, one, we are generalizing, right? So we're not, we certainly cannot paint every, you know, millennial or baby boomer, you know, with one brush. So I'm glad you brought that up, you know, as we have this, you know, this discussion. And, and, and I think the other point that you made that I like is that, you know, it is a psychological and an emotional process in order to change your job, or it, or it should be. Let me put it that way. You know, if someone just says, you know, I'm just going to just quit my job and, and I, you know, I mean, a lot of times, like we start at the top, the top of this discussion, you know, sometimes you are quitting every day. But if you really just quit, right, then you're not having that emotional and psychological um, journey that you probably should have so that you are strategically doing it in a proper way which will also bring us to our second episode when we're going to talk about, you know, the career, career change. I think, you know, in this episode, really to summarize it, is that employers need to understand the reason why a quality employee would want to work for that company, um, because it, whether they're millennial, whether they're, you know, um, Gen Z, whether they're baby boom or whatever, because it does impact talent attraction, engagement and retention. And, you know, it's incumbent upon organizations to make sure that they have a broad range of employer offerings and pay and benefits in total rewards to support whatever generation, you know, whatever group a generational group belongs to. Um, so that they have a great organizational culture, they have career growth and opportunities and recognition for everyone. 
Adanola, thank you for having this discussion with me yes. today and sharing your personal and inspirational story. Um, I know you're going to return next week where we're going to talk in greater detail about career change. Adanola, where can our listeners contact you for more information about you and your services? Yes, just go straight to my website, employeeredefined.com. Wonderful. So thank you everyone for joining us. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and submit a review in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you listen to your podcast services. I'm Dr. Carol Isom Barnes, and I can be reached at carol at experienceleadership.com. Thank you, Adanola. Yes. (laughs) 